0: Weekend, we're celebrating the Feast of the Holy Family, as you no. Know. Uh, and while I'd like to talk and focus on the family for this feast day, I also find myself sort of de- desiring to speak about this declaration that came out from the Vatican not too long ago, right before Christmas, uh, called Fiduci Supplicans. I don't know if you've heard anything about it, and that's always the risk of talking about uh, new things. is. Maybe people aren't worried about it, and so then you bring it up, and then they are worried about it. So, I don't know. We'll see. You can let me know after Mass, I guess. But uh, this decree came out from the Dicastery of the Doctrine of Faith, which is in charge of making statements on uh, important things within the Church when it comes to the teachings and so forth. And it was approved by the Holy Father, and then it was um, came out, I think, on the 18th. So, I want to take a look at some of the things that are said in it, and then... Um, uh, Make some comments. So it's going to be a little bit longer, homily. So just buckle up. Sorry. So the document discusses the possibility of blessing in an unofficial way those who live in irregular marital relationships. Mostly the attention has been given to the possibility of same sex couples being blessed in some form or fashion. Uh, But no less important is how this document speaks about couples, men and women, who are living together in a union which is proper to marriage but is not recognized by the church. So the document tries to answer the question of whether such couples can be blessed by the church. In the introductory paragraph, the document says, "This this declaration remains firm on the traditional doctrine of the church about marriage, not allowing any type of liturgical rite or blessing similar to a liturgical rite that can create confusion. So I don't know what you may have heard presented in the media or otherwise, but it's stated very clearly that this is not a a departure from the traditional teaching of the church when it comes to marriage. In no way does this create a path by which irregular unions can be recognized or regularized uh, as they stand. There's no intention to legitimize irregular unions or civil unions. Again, if we refer to the document, it says, therefore, rites and prayers that could create confusion between what cons- constitutes marriage, which is the exclusive, stable, and indissoluble union between a man and a woman, naturally open to the generation of children, and what, cons- uh, cons- what contradicts it are ad- inadmissible. This conviction is grounded in the pre- preennial Catholic doctrine of marriage. It is only in this context that the sexual relations find their natural, proper, and humanly, uh, fully human meaning. The church's doctrine on this point remains firm. So, pretty clear what it says. In the very next paragraph, the document states, the church does not have the power to impart a blessing on unions of persons of the same sex. So we might ask, if this document changes nothing, what does, what, what does it do? Why release it? Why go through all the, the trouble? What is the dicastery of the doctrine of faith and Pope Francis? What are they up to with this? I think the answer to this question is what the fuss is all about because there's been a wide way in which people have interpreted it and that's where we get the confusion is uh, the document is a little bit vague in some areas at least to the degree that people have uh, misinterpreted it however it's meant to be interpreted and that's the challenge we find ourselves grappling with. From what the document itself states, it is clear that he doesn't, Pope Francis doesn't mean uh, to, to change the nature of marriage or what it means to be married such a thing can't be done since it's a divinely instituted, uh, created divinely institution. Um, There is a lot of fear, I think, that this document along with some other things that the Holy Father has done, are the first steps at undermining or destroying the the institution of marriage and family as we know it. So we could ask the question, are these fears merited or not? What is Pope Francis' real desire in promulgating this document? So I guess, A, either his intention is to change something, uh, which the document itself seems to refute, so that doesn't seem to to match up. Or B, uh, maybe his goal is to emphasize something, you know, to really, um, not to change something doctrinally, but to try to emphasize something about how we as pastors, how we as Christians are meant to uh, reach out to those around us. So here's another quote from the document. When one asks for a blessing, one is expressing a petition for God's assistance, a plea to live better, and confidence in, in a Father who, is, who can help us live better. This request should in every way be valued, accompanied, and received with gratitude. People who come spontaneously to ask for a blessing show by this request their sincere openness to transcendence, the confidence in their hearts that they do not trust in their own strength Alone, but that they have a need for God. So it seems that Pope Francis desires to meet people where they are and help them know that they are loved by the Church. And we want to help them, even if we can't formally recognize sin or a union which can't be blessed. He wants them to know that we are here to help them to live as followers of Christ. That uh, and even. I would say, perhaps especially for those people who are living in a stable union which can't be recognized by the church. Again, to quote from the document, these forms of blessings express a supplication that God may grant those aids that come from the impulses of the Spirit, what classical theology calls actual grace, so that human relationships may mature and grow in fidelity to the gospel, that they may be freed from their imperfections and frailties, that they may express themselves in an ever-increasing dimension of divine love. So the intention here seems to me, now this is my interpretation, seems to be to encourage the pastors of the church, priests and bishops and so forth, to respond in charity to the goodwill of those who come to the church looking for help and who are aware of their irregular situation, but at the same time desire the church's help living the Christian life. Again, if we go to the document, it says this. For this reason, we should, not, ne, uh, we should neither provide nor promote a ritual for the blessings of couples in irregular situations. At the same time, what should, one should get, uh, should not prevent or prohibit the church's closeness to people in every situation in which they may seek God's help through a simple blessing. So he's trying to say, we can't make a ritual, we can't have a, a wedding ceremony for these kinds of situations. But what can we do for them? How can we help these people know that God is here for them and to help them continue their journey? So it seems like the Holy Father is asking us to help people who are seeking God's help, the church's aid, who find themselves outside of a full communion with the church, living in some stable but not recognized relationship. In the end, it is clear that we can't bless sinful unions between two men or two women, or between a man and a woman who are living together but married to someone else, or even two people who aren't married. All of these situations, we would say, are irregular. But the pastoral guidance is to accompany these people, to be there for them, to offer them the help that they need, especially such people as find themselves in these situations. So Pope Francis seems to me to be making every effort to create a bridge to those who who have felt ostracized or unwelcome like the Lord himself did and has told us to do to go out. He's asking us to go out to those who are in need of divine healing. He asks us to work with them to be able to help them while acknowledging their their areas that they need conversion and help, but helping them to experience God's grace. So I would acknowledge that Pope Francis's efforts in this realm may have been confusing Certainly, I find myself kind of grappling with this. You know, how do I... Holy Father, what do you want me to say? How do you want me to... When people come asking questions, how do you want me to, to go about this? So there's some challenges, right? And there's obviously been abuse already. Some people have used this to kind of say, hey, the church is doing this now, when it specifically says, don't do that. So um, there's, there's definitely challenges we face. I've already been um, hearing this from people that they're frustrated, um, We've already seen some some ways in which this document has created uh, a platform for people to abuse uh, or make it seem like the church is blessing these kind of unions in an official way. However, if we focus on what the document itself says, and actually calls us to do, which I think is a terrible thing to do and the obedient thing to do, it seems to be an effort to meet the sheep, the people, who have come to the church looking for help, and who are, for one reason or another, find themselves in a bit of a moral tangle. The Holy Father's intention seems to be to try to help them, rather than turn them away as if they don't belong. So he's not asking us to bless sin, or rewrite what marriage is. Now, understandably, they, when we see how quickly the the this document has caused confusion in the Church between bishops. Uh, within the whole church, we might ask, is it helpful? Is this a helpful thing? I guess that's up for for grabs. That's still being decided. There are many who are saying this document is contradictory, it's problematic, both in its writing, which in some places is vague or unclear, whether that's purposeful or not, is hard to say, um, or in its interpretation, or in the practice which has followed from it. So these things are all comments that people have made, both people within the church and outside of the church. I take it as an invitation to walk with these people. Walk with those who are in irregular relationships. Relationships which by their nature are sinful in the eyes of the church. These are people who need help. And it has already been my desire to help them in any way that I can. To move from such a state where they are to a state where they are in union with the church is my desire. And I try to help, if, if at all possible, to do that. Uh, and then to help them stay close to Christ if they can't, if they're, they're not able to because this, this union is stable and there's complications that make it difficult. What do we do in that case? We do the, whatever we can to keep them close to Christ. That's been my desire uh, and still is. There are certainly confusing pieces of this document and has already been used to exploit the church. and That's troubling, of course. But I see it as an affirmation of the need of the shepherds to go out after those who are lost, to care for them, which I will continue to do as best I can. And at the same time, I have every intention, every intention of upholding the traditional and divinely given teaching of marriage within the church between a man and a woman. That's the only place where that one flesh union is to take place uh, that glorifies God. So my feeling is that this document doesn't change any of that, it may be that you are frustrated by what's happening or what you see, or maybe that you aren't aware, and now you are, and you're going, what is all of this, Father? Well, sorry if that's your, if that's your experience. Sometimes I hear a lot of things, and I hear things, but everybody else isn't hearing these things, so sometimes I'm over uh, sensitive to things. So maybe you're not worried about this at all, and if that's the case, that's just fine. I'm happy to listen if you want to talk about it or have questions about it or... I uh, just want to share your thoughts. I'm happy to hear that. So, so on this Feast of the Holy Family, let's pray for the grace to hold fast to Christ above all things. In all things, we need to do that. Let's pray for the conversion for ourselves and for those who are caught in patterns of sin. Let's pray for the compassion and the mercy of Christ that it would be offered to those who need it. And let's pray that the confusion and chaos which are currently festering in the church may be removed. Pray for all of these things on this feast of the Holy Family.